Hi, and welcome back to episode 6 of my podcast, Adventures with Abigail. I know I haven't done one of these in a while, so um, bear with me as I try to remember um, my intro and setup and everything. (laughs) But today I'm going to be talking about anxiety, and um, yeah, we'll see where the conversation flows. So lately on um, just like social media and by word of mouth through friends um, and really just like in general, I've noticed that anxiety has been um, almost like trending with our culture lately. And um, yeah, I just wanted to talk about it, I guess, from a more um, biblical standpoint and... um, yeah, we'll just see where this goes. (laughs) Um, So what I mean when I say that anxiety has been on trend, I guess I've just noticed it more on social media. I don't know if you guys have as well, but I personally have seen lots of, like, memes and um, stories about anxiety and ways to cope with anxiety and um, even, like, meditation stuff, you know, like, um, what's that one app, um, Headspace, I think it's called, where you just do, like, all these breathing exercises before you go to sleep and stuff to help you calm down and have peace and, you know, like, de-stress and all that, um, and I think that the reason the word anxiety or, like, stress has been such a big, um, just a big topic in general lately is partially because we're a very, very busy, um, society, you know, like, I don't think that, um, generations before our generation specifically filled up their time so much constantly, you know, like, when I was in high school, I, there was a season where I, was doing everything all the time, and I never had any time for myself or for the Lord, and I constantly filled up my time, you know, there was a time where I was working, and I had school, and then I had theater stuff with school, and I had theater stuff outside of school, and then I was involved with the ministry, and then I was doing all these things with my church, and, you know, like, one thing after the other, and then I also have my family, and I'm babysitting my siblings sometimes, and I'm hanging out with friends, and all that, um, and I think a lot of us, if you're listening, I hope at least that you agree that, um, we tend to fill our time, and I think our generation is, um, becoming more and more yes people, or people pleasers. It's hard for us to say no, and, at least for me, I don't know, I don't want to put words in other people's mouths, but for me personally, it can be hard for me to say no sometimes, or hard for me to, um, just set aside time to, like, think, you know, and not, not set aside time to watch Netflix, or lay in bed on my phone, not time to just chill and watch a movie, time to actually sit down or go on a walk, or be alone and just think, you know, be with my thoughts, or journal, or read my Bible, or just listen to worship music, and that's it, not listen to worship music and do 20 other things at the same time, you know, 
Um, and I think it can be hard for us to set aside time to do that. And I think that can be one of the causes of stress slash anxiety. Um, and I think another reason that a lot of people these days are overly stressed or overly anxious is because they are holding on to what's bothering them and they're not um, surrendering it to the Lord. You know, the Bible says that, um, actually in Second Chronicles 20, verses 14, um, the Bible talks about not being afraid or discouraged or anxious about what's to come because the battle isn't truly ours. It's God's battle. And he's going to be the one fighting it for us. And he's going to be the one that's winning it for us. And so it's not ours to hold on to. It's not ours to be anxious or worried about because ultimately we're not the ones that are in charge of it, if that makes sense. Um, and I think a lot of times we mm, hold things on our own own shoulders when we don't have to, you know? And of course, like, we have responsibilities that we need to be responsible for, you know? Like, if you have a job, it's your responsibility to be on time. God can't, I mean, he can, I, he can help you be on time, I guess, but it's not God's responsibility to make you on time. It's your own responsibility. Um, but like if you're worried about your finances or if you're worried about, um, a relationship that you are in or you're worried about, um, like a family member, you know, or health, um, there are only so many things that you can do and then it's up to God. You know, if you're worried about finances, be a good steward of your money, but don't, um, like, be overly stressed about it. You know, just trust in the Lord. If you're, I mean, if you know the Lord. Um, and I, I'm sure there are people listening to my podcast that are not Christians or, you know, probably think that, like, oh, this is stupid. You know, why is she talking about this? Whatever. Um... And I guess what I can say to you is, um, I am a much more peaceful person when I am walking with the Lord rather than when I am not. And, um, I, it's still, it's still hard for me to let go sometimes and lay it all down before the Lord's feet. Um, but when I do, it's so much better, like so much better. And you can ask anybody that struggles with anxiety or stress, that's a Christian. Um, and they will probably tell you that when you lay it down before the Lord, it, it's easier. It really is. Um, and I know that God calls us to be a good steward of our money and I'm not disregarding that at all. I think that's very, very valuable, and it's very important. Um, and I actually think that we don't talk about that enough, especially, like, on the topic of tithe and saving our money and being frugal. I think that is very, very important, 
and I wish that, like, public people, you know, people that have influence would speak on it more, um, and make it more normal, um, because, yeah, I, ultimately, our money is not our own, it's the Lord's, and, um, when we, um, when we tithe, or when we are frugal and, um, good stewards of what the Lord gives us, it, it's almost like a form of worshiping Him, you know, and praising Him for blessing us, and, um, when we tithe, we are giving back 10% of what the Lord has given us, and in my mind, it's almost like a thank you, like, thank you, Lord, for giving me this money, and here is a little bit of your money back, um, so yeah, anyways, <laughs> going back to anxiety, um, I think also with, like, relationships, friendships, um, you know, like any kind of relationship, there, there are many different kinds of relationships. You have friendships, you have family relationships, you have romantic relationships, you have workplace re relationships, um, all those different kinds. I think that if there is something, maybe some tension in that relationship, or maybe some anger, or jealousy, or maybe toxicity... You are responsible for your side of the relationship. You are responsible for your feelings and your emotions and what you say and what you do. You're not responsible for the other person, though. And um, I think a lot of times people get stressed because they're worried about the other person, the other side of the relationship. And once you have dealt with your own issues in that relationship, you need to give it to the Lord so that you stop stressing about it and stop having anxiety about it. Um, and yeah, I think, again, we have to recognize that the battle is not ours, but it's the Lord's, and he's on our side, and he wants to be able to fight for us. He wants to be able to help us. You know, he wants us to come to him with our problems. And, um, we have a really good picture of that, actually, in, what is it, 1 Kings? Yeah, 1 Kings 19, I think. Yeah, let's see, 1 Kings 19, 11 through 13, we have a really great picture of that. And it says, um, some of you might know this story. The Lord said, go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. Then a great and powerful wind tore through the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord, but the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire, and after the fire came a gentle whisper. When Elijah heard it, he covered his face and pulled his cloak over his face, and he went out and stood in the mouth of the cave. And, um... Yeah, so there are many different ways to interpret that story. Um, one of my favorite interpretations is that the reason God whispered to Elijah is because he wanted that intimacy with Elijah. He wanted the closeness, you know, because whenever I'm yelling at someone, their immediate response is going to be to back away from me and, like, 
they're not going to want to lean in. They're not going to want to, like, come closer to me. But if I start speaking in a really low voice, or if I start whispering to someone, they have to lean in, and they have to pay attention to what I'm saying, and they have to get into a more intimate position in their heart. Um, and so that's one of my favorite interpretations of that, um, story. There are other interpretations as well, and maybe it's not even meant to be interpreted. Maybe it's meant to be taken, um, what's it called? Literally. But, yeah, that's one of my favorite, favorite stories in the Bible. Another interpretation could be that, um, the Lord showed all of this power and glory before Elijah, and he wanted Elijah to recognize that he is powerful, he is mighty, he is massive, and he has so much power and so much force, but he chooses to be gentle with us because he loves us. Um, and I also really like that interpretation. I just love that story overall in general. I think it's really great, and there have been many times where the Lord has spoken to me through that specific um, section of the Bible. So yeah, I might be biased, but I really, really like First and Second Kings. Um, anyways, so I think we have to remember that um, he's not, God is not trying to be controlling of us. He's not trying to be forceful with us, but he wants a relationship and he wants something meaningful. And um, the Bible says that we were created in God's own image. And since God wants something meaningful and intimate, we also want something meaningful and intimate. And that, I think, is one of the um, main mysteries of life, I guess. I don't know what the word would be. It's one thing that I think every single human being longs for. So everybody longs for some sort of deeper relationship, some sort of connection. Everybody longs to be known. Everybody wants to be, like, they want to have that sort of intimacy with people. That's why we see people getting in and out of relationships over and over and over again because they're just searching for something deeper and they don't know where to find it. And so they search in one person, but they can't find it. And so then they go to the next person, but they can't find it in that person. And then they go to the next person, but they still can't find it. And then we see people taking um, like hallucinogenic drugs because they're just looking for something deeper. And I think that is one of the reasons that people do anything and I think it's one of our driving forces because we all have this innate wonder and curiosity and want for just something more, something more intimate to be known, to be, to have meaning, you know, and, um, we get that characteristic from the Lord because he wants to know us, um, and I think a lot of times we forget that it's not just a one-sided thing, if that makes sense. A lot of times in Christianity, whenever you're going through like a stalemate time, I guess, it might feel like, ugh, like God hasn't been here and 
it's been a year since I've even felt the Holy Spirit, you know, like, I don't even know if God is real anymore. It's been three years since I've even experienced anything. Maybe, like, I'm in the wrong religion. You know, when you start to have those kinds of questions, um, I would challenge you to try harder because um, God isn't going to hide himself for, from you in a very difficult place. You know, he might hide in a fairly easy place, but it might take some effort to find him. It's like a game of hide-and-seek. Whenever you were a kid and you played hide-and-seek with your dad, um, he's not going to hide in the most ridiculous, hardest-placed ever for you to find him. You know, he's going to hide in a fairly easy place, so then you can find him, because you're a kid. And, um, you know, whenever you're a kid and you're looking for your dad and you're looking all over the house and then all of a sudden you find him and he comes out and he like tickles you and stuff and gives you a big hug and then you're like, oh, I found you. And it's so much fun. That's what God has. God, in, in those moments where you feel like you're distant from him, he's not hiding from you in the most hard place. He's just a little bit farther out of your reach and you just have to keep searching and try a little bit harder and then you'll find him and it'll be so much worth the sweet the, the it'll be worth the seeking it'll be worth the searching um and i think a lot of times when people at least i personally um and i hope you guys also relate to this um when people get in those stale times in their relationship with the lord um we get lazy i think and I think that's one of the reasons we get into those moments is because we were getting lazy, we started to slack off with our relationship, and then it just kind of, you know, we just kind of stopped reading our Bible. I haven't, you know, I haven't really opened my Bible in a month, and I worship on Sundays, but I don't ever really pray or talk to God, you know. And then we start to, and then we wonder, like, why we can't hear God, why we can't feel him anymore, you know, like, God is not running away from you, you are getting lazy, and, um, I think sometimes people are a little shocked whenever they hear that they need to put effort into their relationship with the Lord, but it's like any other relationship, if I am married, I am not, I don't even have a boyfriend, but if I was married, and I had a husband, and I was talking to him one day, and then I'm, you know, like, sometimes I send him, what do you guys like? I don't, okay, I don't have a husband, and I've never had a boyfriend, so I don't really know, like, what, what would happen in this scenario. But if I send my husband chocolates at his job, and we have this really great relationship, and I sometimes just randomly call him on the phone, and I'm like, hey, I love you. And, you know, we're always talking to each other and always, like, doing wife-husband things. I don't know what that is. <laughs> and then, kind of slowly, I stop talking to him as much. And I stop calling him at work. And I stop sending him chocolates. 
And then I only text him every once in a while. And when he gets home from work, I just tell him to make a freezer meal. And, you know, um, and then I ask my friend why my relationship with my husband has gotten so sad and stale lately. Um, hopefully my friend is a good enough friend to say, hey, maybe you're not putting enough effort into your relationship. Because relationship relationships take work, and sometimes it's hard work. Sometimes you get in a fight with your friend and you don't want to make up with them. Sometimes you hear your mom yelling at you and you don't want to talk to your mom ever again but it's she's your mom she's gonna be in your life for the rest of your life hopefully or for at least a very long time um so you need to amend that relationship and put a little bit more effort into it um and yeah I think people forget that sometimes (laughs) and I'm completely off the topic of anxiety now so Going back to anxiety, um, I think people also forget the importance of worship and um, just praising God. Um, and worship and praise aren't always just songs that we sing in church. You know, Worship and praise can be so many different things. I worship God with my piano playing. Some of you who know me know that I play, um, like, classical piano. And that is one of my favorite ways to worship the Lord. I don't always play worship songs. Sometimes I just play classical songs that I know. Um, but when I do it, I'm doing it for God. And it's <laughs> it's honestly one of my favorite things. Like, I'll just play, and as I'm playing, I'll just talk to God in my head and tell him that I'm playing this song for him and that I hope that he likes it, you know? And it's, even though I'm not playing a worship song, even though I'm not singing, I'm still praising God with my talent that he's given me. Um, or sometimes I like to draw and I'll draw something and, um, talk to God as I draw it and tell him that I'm thankful that he gave me hands with fingers that I can draw with, you know? Um, it doesn't have to be just, just singing in a church before the pastor gets on the stage and preaches for an hour. You know, it can be so many different things. Um... We praise God with our voices, we praise God with our talents, we praise God with um, our thoughts. It can honestly, there are so many different ways to praise God. You can praise God by dancing, you can praise Him by, um, like, I don't know, I'm not a super techie person, but I'm sure you could praise Him by making computer algorithms, like, It's not just one thing, if that makes sense. Um, And worship is one of our most powerful defenses against the enemy. Because um, Lucifer, so Lucifer, or Satan, was, before he fell, he was the angel of worship and music. Um... And if you pay attention at all to our music industry these days, I think that is one of the places that Satan attacks the most. He really, really 
likes to warp our music so much, and I, like, I, um, being a music person, I, it's very hard for me sometimes to listen to songs, like secular songs, because of just the words in them, and, um, the fact that they are not praising the Lord, and music and worship was created to praise God, and we have twisted it so much, and Satan has really, really gotten into our music, I think, and a lot of Christians don't realize the power and the impact that music has. Um, yeah, like, I... I need to do it again. I used to do this thing where I wouldn't listen to anything secular until noon. So all during the day, um, I would only listen to worship music until noon. And then after noon, I would listen to secular music if I wanted to. Um, just to help me start off my day right. And I should start doing it again because the difference in my day was crazy. Like the days that I did it versus the days that I didn't do it, I just noticed a mood difference. And um, I just, the days that I did do it, I would feel so much happier and lighter throughout those days. And I would feel even just closer to God. But on the days that I didn't do it, I generally had a little bit of a, like a less happy mood. And, um, Sometimes I was a little bit more cranky those days, you know, and I think we kind of forget the impact that music has on us. Any kind of music has a huge impact on our, our everything. It has an impact on our soul, our minds, our moods, our emotions. Like, it's crazy how much music impacts us, and I think that is why um, Satan likes to warp our music so much. So, if you're a Christian, and you have been struggling to find God, or you have been struggling with um, poor mental health, I would encourage you to examine the music that you listen to on a daily basis. Um, especially if you're a music kind of person, I think that... Um, that can have a huge impact on us and we don't even realize it. If you're listening to anything that is that is convicting to you, I would I would um really encourage you to um look at your playlists, you know, look at your Spotify, your Apple Music, whatever you listen to music on and go through and just ask the Lord to convict you of anything that you should delete and he will do it and um you should obey <laughs> because I at least I have noticed in my own life that obeying God can be very difficult and scary and hard and uncomfortable and not fun. But disobeying God is so much worse. Um, and also, delayed obedience is the same as disobedience. So even if God tells you to do something and then you're like, hmm... I'll do that tomorrow. That's still disobedience because he told you to do it now, not tomorrow. He told you to do it in this moment. And so whenever you say, I'm going to do it in a different day, that's still disobedience. Um, and yeah, I don't know where I was going with that. Um, but I really do think that music changes a lot. And um, 
in those moments when we're feeling anxious, in those moments when we're feeling depressed or suicidal or angry or jealous, um, a lot of times our immediate response is to go to, oh, poor me, I'm so sad, you know, um, I'm going to listen to this sad music now and make me even more depressed, um, or we, if we're anxious, we just think, 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 overthink everything, constantly worry, constantly wonder, and that should not be our immediate response. It should not be our immediate response. Our immediate response to loss should be praise, because... That is one of the easiest and most powerful ways to defend ourselves against the enemy's attacks. So, when the enemy attacks you with anxiety, and you immediately start overthinking everything, and get all nervous, and you start picking your nails, and biting your lip, and thinking, 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 and letting your mind run, you're letting the enemy win in that moment when you do that. But, if your response to anxiety is instead to praise the Lord and thank Him for the good things that are around you in that moment. And you say, God, I'm anxious right now, but I praise you because you are good. Even though I'm anxious, you are still good. And you turn on some worship music and you start worshiping. I promise you, it will change. The atmosphere around you will change. And the enemy won't have a hold on you in that moment anymore. Because instead of letting him win, you're fighting against him. And, yeah... I think we really underestimate just the power of our praise to the God. Okay, so um, really fast, going back to the secular music thing, I'm not telling you guys to completely ditch all secular music, and if you listen to secular music, you're from the devil, because that's not true. Um, I personally don't listen to a lot of mainstream secular music, just because I don't like the messages that are behind it, and I don't want to have that, um, you know, just spoken over me, and um, our words have the power of life and death, and I don't want those kinds of words washed over me. But I think that it's different for everyone, and we all have different convictions regarding those kinds of things. Um, so if you don't have that kind of conviction, then great, I don't care if you listen to secular music. That's not, not my problem, it's between you and the Lord. So, yeah. I think it just depends on what your conviction is, and if you are convicted to not ever listen to any secular music again, ever, the, ever again, then great, don't do that, because that's what God's telling you. And if God tells you that it's okay for you to listen to secular music, also great. Do that. That's what God's telling you, if that makes sense. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. Going back to anxiety. Um, really quick, let me do something. <laughs> um... 1 Peter 5 verse 7 says, Cast all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. So, in that verse, whenever it's talking about cast all your anxiety on him, it's, in my mind at least, it's kind of like I'm holding this big giant hobo sack over my back, and it's really heavy, and it's kind of weighing me down, and then, um, 
God comes over to me and he's like, hey, let me help you with that, and takes it from me and carries it for me. That's the kind of image that I see when I hear that verse. Um, And it's not like a, hey, give that to me, I'm going to take it from you and steal it from you. It's not like someone's stealing my hobo sack, and I'm not being forced to give it to him, but he is just gently asking me to give it to him because he cares for me. He loves me. He wants to help me with this. And who am I to tell him, no, I'm going to carry this on my own. You know, like, I'm probably going to get crushed to death because this thing is, like, really massive. I can't do it on my own. And, yeah, I think when we refuse to give God our problems, um, there's some pride behind that. And... Um, I know for me personally, like, whenever I'm struggling with laying something down at the foot of the cross, it's because of pride. And I'm too prideful, or, you know, like, too prideful to be vulnerable. Too prideful to, um, be humble. Too prideful to give that to God and recognize that I am weak without Him. Um... And, yeah, I don't have a lot of, um, what's it called? I don't have a lot of, uh, I can't think of the word. Oh, help me. (laughs) What's it called? Oh, advice, advice. (laughs) I don't have a lot of advice when it comes to the topic of pride, except for, um, maybe suck it up and stop. (laughs) Um, I don't know if that's helpful at all. (laughs) For me personally, I just need to suck it up and stop. And realize that I'm not all that great. Um, but <laughs> hopefully I'm not offending anybody right now. I probably only have like two listeners though. So um, to my two listeners out there, I'm sure Katsuo is one of them. Um, my brother Katsuo, suck it up. <laughs> and then also Philippians 4 verses 6 through 7 says, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. So, um, for me personally, I sometimes, in well, in the season that I'm in right now, being a missionary, I am really, really learning to rely on the Lord for my finances, um, and rely on other people. Um, I... Before I became a missionary, I was working a full-time job as a teacher at a preschool, and I was, like, I mean, I'm 18, so, I mean, I'm not, like, rich, but I wasn't, I was doing well, I guess, for an 18-year-old girl, and I wasn't really worried about, like, my finances or anything, um, but coming to YWAM as a missionary, I have definitely been tested, and, um, been growing in my faith to the Lord with my finances, um, and it's definitely stressful at times, because, um, sometimes when you are out of the country, and you only have $80, you don't know what the next day is going to look like, and it has been very difficult for me to, um, lay it down at the foot of the cross and say, okay, God, you got this. Like, 
I don't need to worry. Everything's gonna be fine. Just let him have it, you know? And, um, I think in those moments I forget that I can talk to God. I don't need to hold it all in and just be worried and anxious and all, like, scared about if I'm gonna get if I'm gonna get a donation, or, like, how I'm gonna feed myself the next day, like, I can just talk to God and say, hey, God, so I'm a little tight right now in the money department, but I trust you, and I have faith that you will provide for me, and you know my needs before they even arise, and I am gonna give it to you. And in those moments when we do that, it really, really makes everything so much better. Because it just makes everything so much better. You feel lighter. It's lovely. And then God does something miraculous. And then you're like, oh my gosh, I'm such an idiot for, you know, like, being worried and anxious about this the whole time. Um, There was one day where I was just... um, worried about my upcoming trip. I'm going to be out of the country for six months. And I was like, God, I, I'm going to need like something miraculous so that I can pay off of this whole trip, you know? Um, and then that same day I, like the Lord just provided for me miraculously. And I was like, Oh God, I get it. Like you're in control. I need to stop freaking out and being all worried about this, you know, and I felt like he kind of told me in that moment, like, you need to chill. Like, I've got this under control. You just, just sit back and relax and let me take care of it, please. Stop being all anxious about this. (laughs) Um, and I mean, it's true. Sit back and relax and give your anxiety to God because he cares for you and he loves you. And he has it under control. I think he knows what he's doing. Pretty sure. (laughs) Pretty sure he knows what he's doing. So just let him. Let him do what he does best. Don't try and control it yourself because it's pointless. You can't control it yourself. As humans, we can control very little. And um, sometimes it's hard to accept that, but that's how it is. Um, So, yeah. Let God have control for a little while. (laughs) This has been episode six of my podcast, Adventures with Abigail. And I hope you enjoyed it, even though I kind of went off topic. I was supposed to be talking about anxiety. Um, And yeah, I hope you guys have a good rest of your day. And I hope that everything is peaceful for you. I speak peace over all of you in this moment. Whatever you're dealing with, I ask that the Lord would just wash his love and his peace over you. And that you would be faithful and you would lay it down at the foot of the cross, whatever is going on. And um, I pray blessings over you guys. In Jesus' name, amen.